1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile,
2: the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never
3: been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today
2: eight o'clock hour on your home of the world series chance with Sean Sharif, RJ choppy and Roberto belt. It's DFW sports station. Thanks for being a TOLO that stands for turn it on, leave it on. Uh, We head on out to surprise Arizona for Ranger spring training. What time is Jared Sandler waking up out there every single day? What time are you waking up and why? 3.45
4: because I have to come on and talk to you guys. No, every other day. I got to mentally prepare for it. No, I wake up between 3.45 and 4 because I typically get to the field at around 6.45. I'm not one of these people who can just wake up and get right out of bed. So I wake up like this morning, alarm, 3.45, (sighs) sat in bed. Uh, for about 30 minutes, watching Sports Center or whatever was on TV, uh, looking at Twitter, and then got out of bed, got to the gym by 4:30, listen to you guys, uh, and then I go home, shower, and then I get to the field. Like I said, around 6:45, and get ready for the day.
2: All right, so you got to go gym first. That's why
4: I like. Yeah, I like to work out in the morning. Now I will oh. sometimes pull two a days here in spring training because this is my time to, you know, get ready for the season, right? I, this is, this is spring training gotta, you know, be in the best shape of my career for, uh, for <laughs> yeah. opening day. I don't show up here in the best shape of my career. Uh, but I, I do, I do like to leave here in the best shape of my career only to throw it away like <laughs> right. three games into the season.
3: He shows up all Luca and then, and then he works through yeah. it. He, he uh, Luca yeah. Sandler. So do the rest of the guys get in last night
4: Well, uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, most one person got sent home, uh, and Mm. I guess you'll have to listen later to find out why he got sent home. Uh, but one member of one of the shows is not going to be a part of the coverage here in Arizona. Uh, but everyone else did get in, uh, the, the rental car situation at Sky Harbor airport in Phoenix, is one of the most miserable experiences anyone can have. Sometimes you get lucky and your flight lands at like 10 in the morning and it's not a rush hour rental car time, or maybe you come on like a, a Wednesday. Uh, but these guys did not have that luck. They arrived on a Sunday. It was packed and they were in line. We were trying to figure out dinner plans. They were in line for nearly two hours. Oh. Uh, K- KMC was now great teamwork here, right? uh kmc waited in line for about two hours g-bag for whatever reason was not on the same flight i'm not sure why i'm sure there was a reason for it so they showed up to the rental car place with like five minutes left in kmc's line experience so they came up to the front of the line and joined them oh. and so they did not <laughs> wow. have to wait in that line
3: That's wow humor. how 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 Ooh. How happy was Mike Bassick about all of this? <laughs> oh,
4: he was thrilled. You can imagine Mike Bassick was in the best mood of his life. The text messages I was getting about his rental car line experience yeah. was just full of glee and joy. <laughs> uh, there was no complaining whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so grateful at the opportunity to get a rental car. Uh, just coming into camp with a positive attitude from the start.
2: Well, what's amazing about Bassick is normally he would bitch and moan twenty five seven about this trip or having to go, but now that he's Mister Television, yeah. probably he probably views it, it as essential to have yes, to go out there as the Rangers TV color commentator.
4: Yeah, this is this is a big dog era for Mike Bassick. I'm very I'm very curious to to hear. Or to see how he comports himself if it's any differently, I'll report back. We'll see if the TV stuff's gotten to his head. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, you know, he's, he's like, why he am I in the line kind of- for for a
2: car? I should have a driver. I, I, I yeah, you know, I, I should know. have uh, John Radigan dri- driving me around. <laughs>
4: That's why you know, he want want a big court cars. case. You know, he's got TV. Uh, he feels like he's kind of hosting KMC, like he's their tour guide. You mm-hmm. know, he's he's going to show them around. So. Uh, we'll see, know. and then we'll also wait and see how long until there uh, there's a list of complaints.
2: All right, Sam Man, Jared Sandler on the DNM Leasing Hotline. What has jumped out early with the baseball?
4: Well, I, it, it, it's obviously super early, and so you're not really getting extended looks from anyone. Uh, but I will say, I, I liked what I saw from Mark Church. Uh, He is not a name people have talked about a ton, but a young reliever who could very well break camp with this team. Uh, Someone who not this year, maybe right away, but eventually could become a a power arm late in the game. Uh, Liked what I saw from Zach Kent, who will get a little more extended look from it. And again, not a big name, but he's someone who could be really important to this team with the lack of starting pitching depth that we've talked about while, the three big names to Grom, Malley and Scherzer are on the shelf. And then in a similar vein, welcome back to the Rangers, Adrian Sampson. He's a really interesting one. I feel like Adrian Sampson can be this year's Travis Jankowski, Jankowski, obviously an outfielder, mm-hmm. Sampson, a pitcher, but a guy who the Rangers signed, there was almost no needle movement when he was signed, but someone who could end up sneakily playing a big role so Samson missed last year with a knee injury. Uh, he went to Korea after his time with the Rangers, then pitched for the Cubs and pitched well. He's just been hurt. He's healthy, and he's a veteran. Here, here's why I think he can be valuable. He's a veteran who if he if he has a really good camp, he'll make the team. If he has a mech camp, then he probably won't have a ton of options. Uh, with major league clubs. I don't know if he's got an opt-out. A lot of veterans do. But let's just say that he he does and he has an okay camp. He's probably not going to exercise that opt-out and will go to AAA and the Rangers would have some starting pitching depth. They desperately need some reliable depth. And uh, he looked really good yesterday and, and he could really be a big key in that regard.
2: Was yesterday a little Evan Carter scare with what took
4: place? Yeah, a little bit. Whenever a guy gets hit, uh, you know, hand, wrist, and, and Evan's case forearm area, you just never know. I mean, the, the bones there are pretty fragile. Uh, I I felt better about it when he was jogging up to first base and it looked like he was going to stay in the game. And then it, it almost seemed like, hey, dude, uh, it's a spring training game. Just let's go get a check. No big deal. Uh, sometimes if it's bad, especially in a spring training game, These guys go right from the batter's box to the dugout. Like if they know something's wrong. So I felt good about it. And then when the x-rays confirmed, there was no break. uh, Definitely. Now I will tell you guys, that's a freak thing. And you're never going to fault a hitter for that. However, uh, if you look at Evan Carter's professional sample size, obviously don't know about high school and it really doesn't matter, but as a pro, so minor leagues and major leagues, when facing a lefty, he gets hit by pitches at a really high percentage. Now, if you're getting hit on your tush, that's fine. If you're getting hit, uh, you know, in a meaty part of your body, that's fine. But you run run the risk when you're getting hit that much of, mm. of getting hurt. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think one thing that it, it feels weird to say this, that he needs to improve upon, and I think he will with more experience, is just getting out of the way sometimes when he's facing a lefty and just seeing and recognizing what's coming so that he can avoid any sort of issue and, uh, obviously do his best to try and stay healthy.
5: Jared Sandler joins us here at 105 through the fan. To the best of your knowledge, like what's – has the team stayed in contact with Jordan Montgomery? Have they – like what's the what's the latest on you know maybe trying to get him signed?
4: Yeah, I, I, I think, guys, I think that uh, the Rangers have absolutely stayed in contact with him. And while I don't think – and I've shared this with you guys before, I don't think there's like this universal – consensus feeling internally like we absolutely need this guy. We absolutely want to pay him that money. I think that the Rangers, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, would. Uh, the sense I get is that uh, they're, they are unsure financially what things might look like over the next couple years with the TV situation, not just this year, but what happens after, and they don't want to overcommit themselves uh, and then be in a really bad spot next year or the year after that, so i you know i 'm not smart enough to really know all the the dollars and cents of this from like a business standpoint and and i 'm not sure exactly what those conversations are uh, but I think if if Ray Davis and the powers that be called Chris Young's Dan said, "Hey, all right, green light i my guess is Jordan Montgomery would be a ranger. I'm not saying that that's the only reason he's not, but and, and I, I'm using Ray Davis just because he is the, the most notable name from the ownership group. I, I don't know that it's necessarily Ray. I'm just in, in general saying I think that there is a, a, an idea that perhaps uh, they need to be a little more conservative financially uh, with the unknown of what's to come here in the next couple years on top of the fact that they don't internally feel like he is a no-brainer Uh, But I think, like I said, ultimately, uh, he would be welcome back and people would be very excited to have him.
5: Kevin Millar told us last week a hitter needs like 35 at bats, which is around like 10 games before they're ready. So when would they need to get him in to feel comfortable that he can go for opening day or that opening series?
4: I I, I honestly think, I mean, now, and I think maybe for some teams, you're past that uh, just because you don't – if you're going to pay a guy – whatever sort of money that Jordan Montgomery, you know, we think is going to get, you're not going to rush him. And you'd love for him to be ready his first turn in the rotation. But if he misses a turn because you're playing it safe, then not a big deal. We're not talking about him missing a lot of time, whether it's with the Rangers or anyone else, but I'd say about now. Uh, And and that's a part of the shame of, you know, this whole situation for Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. It's just not good for baseball. And it's not good because, uh, you know, from a team standpoint, these are big names. And, you know, when the Rangers signed Seager and Simeon, you know, they had so much time to prepare marketing stuff and get fans excited for, hey, we just signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, and, you know, these guys, you, you know that uh, these guys are on your team. You can get fired up, season ticket sales, stuff like that. Uh, you can't do that at this point. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's just the, the, the window is passed, and then for these players individually, the opportunity for them to, uh, you know, get ready, the pitcher specifically, I mean, it just kind of stinks. It's it's not good for the sport. I don't know how to rectify it, but uh, you know, I'm curious to see after the Bellinger contact, contract. And, and RJ, I heard you say that you thought it was a good contract. I think that Scott Boris has egg on his face after that deal. Really? Cody Bellinger, yeah, Cody Bellinger was rumored to, you know, be uh, a, a 175 plus million dollar guy and i'm not sitting here saying that 30 million this year and 30 million next year is anything to Scott. that we'd all take that in a heartbeat but there's a lot of folks think that he's due for a regression let's say he gets mm-hmm. hurt uh he, that's a lot of guaranteed money that he's not going to get now yeah if he has a big year he can opt out and then get that money but it's just another year in which he's got to do something that frankly he really hadn't You know, he's a different hitter than he was when he won his MVP. It's not about. uh, Yes, they did get the the ability to re-enter the market, but after the year Cody Bellinger had as a player, you want to be able to cash in in a big way, and he wasn't able to. And I'm curious to see what these other contracts look like for Montgomery and Snell, and Chapman, Matt Chapman as well, for that matter.
3: Talking with Jared Sandler here on 105 through the Fan, Jared, the question about Wyatt Langford, his readiness to be with the major league club right out of camp how are you looking at you know the the decision of white langford making the opening day roster
4: yeah i've gone back and forth on this and and i'll tell you this let's i want to get this out of the way so white langford doesn't have a hit in two games he could be seven for seven and i don't know that my opinion would totally change uh but so so i said it, it has nothing to do with with his first two games uh i think my gut is saying Let's have him start in triple-A and let him kick some butt there, play every day as an outfielder, and I think that part of it is key, give him time to continue to grow in left field, and the minute there's a need, the minute someone gets hurt, then he gets called up. And the reason, the other part of this is Justin Foscue. You, you really can't justify both of them on the roster. Um, it's tough to have Justin Foscue on your bench because he really is a DH only, you know, he's not someone with position versatility. Uh, you know, he's not the type of guy that you would carry on your bench. And you're obviously not going to have white Langford up here to be on your bench. One of those guys is going to be the primary DH. Uh, and the other guy is not going to be with the big league club. I know that there's a lot of excitement around white Langford, but there's one guy who has done it and done it over a larger sample in the minors. And that's Justin Foske. He's come off a really good year in triple a, For me, this is the time to see what you have in Justin Foscue if if you're not going to move him and the Rangers have not moved him yet. Uh, Whereas with Wyatt Langford, I don't think there's really a lot of harm uh, unless you clearly think that he is the best option. I don't think there's a lot of harm in letting him uh, get some more time in AAA. And the other thing that you can't quantify, guys, and I I know some people are going to roll their eyes, but if you talk to anyone uh, who's a part of the decision-making process with this, The difficulty for a player who has never DH'd to DH, because the only way you can contribute is when you hit. Uh, You don't have the ability to feel like you're contributing in the field. Like with Evan Carter last year, we talked about this. When he got called up, obviously he hit really well from the start, but we didn't know that. But what we did know was at minimum, he would help this team defensively. And mentally, that helps a young player. It's not easy to DH, especially when you've never done it. And if that's what Wyatt Langford's workload is going to look like right from the start, I wonder if it's just better to have him in AAA and to to have a hot month, and then for him to basically bust the door down to come up. While you can also see what Justin Foscue has, because he's also earned it too.
2: Looking forward to all the updates. We've run out of time, but more ball busting later in the week. Thank you, Sam. Mayo. Yeah. See you guys, Jared Sandler, Rangers insider on the DNM Leasing Hotline. Ooh. I don't know how often this has happened in the history of this show, Uh but R.J. Choppy is about to take back a big-time strong opinion and admit that he was wrong about the Dallas Mavericks. Next.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
6: Baseball pass. Halliburton to Turner, who flushes it home. Good time pass there.
0: Turner to the basket,
2: lays it in. He's got 30. Pacers end up running away from the Dallas Mavericks, stopping the seven-game losing streak, 133-111. As soon as I tweeted, Kyrie, look out. He's caught fire. The Shinks took place. Indiana put down the gas, and it turned into a beatdown. And Jason Kidd said, look, man. When Kyrie is going off like that, we got to keep feeding.
3: I thought Kyrie and Luca got great looks tonight. Um, again, Kyrie in the fourth gets going. Um, we got to get the, the ball; has got to be in his hands uh, going down a the stretch there, just to make sure, especially with Luca out, that uh, he's getting the shot or he's making the play for someone else. Again. You know, uh, Luca was getting great looks. Uh, Kai was getting good looks. And we had some turnovers in transition, too, that we just normally haven't had. And so we got to be better with the ball, too. We had some turnovers there that we normally don't have.
2: So despite the winning streak, the Mavs are the eighth seed in the West. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. They're a game away from being the fifth Mm. because things are jumbled up between the five and the eight spots In the Western Conference. They're a half game behind the Pelicans, the Suns, and the Sacramento Kings. And then you get a four-game gap up to the Clippers at four. So, Mavs get worked by the Pacers. But that is not the lead story. The lead story is RJ Choppy's prep email last night, in which it sounded like you either forgot what you said at the Super Bowl, or you were taking back a rant that many Mavs fans remembered. As you were spitting fire, yeah. After the Dallas Mavericks made their trade deadline moves, I take back absolutely nothing. Oh,
5: I do not believe in uh, taking things back for one, especially things he doesn't remember saying. I do remember saying it. I absolutely now. I was on. I was also. This was Friday. Oh, here we go. This was Friday. No, no, hey, it's Friday. The Super Bowl. We were. We were tired. Um, but no, no, it had nothing to do with that. All decisions are judged at the time that they're made, not what happens. In the subsequent weeks. Right. The five games after. That, that's a that's a big sample size. Uh, yeah, it is a big sample size. It's like your mom. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. The end result is the fact that name me the only team in the NBA who
2: has now, two. Would you like to reset what you said for those that don't know? Just kind of the summary of it. Well, I don't really remember what I said. Uh <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't remember anything. Guys, listen, we've done this show for 13 years.
5: I remember absolutely nothing that happened the day before. Okay. The day when that day ends, I am Jason Garrett's perfect child. When that day ends, yeah. that day's over. Yeah. Process. Put I don't go back you. to that day. Shop. I don't go back to that day. I don't think about that day. My assumption of what I said is that this trade sucked. Because well, you know, not that the trades
2: suck, but it would do nothing. It would do nothing in, to help, sure. In terms you're, of making them a real right. contender.
5: And you're giving up first round Which picks. Which I agreed with yeah.
2: almost everything you said. You're giving up picks left and right.
5: The reality is that this team did not need those guys. It needed to subtract other people.
2: This team was broken. Fractured mm-hmm. from the
5: interior. Okay?
2: And now... Is there anything else... That we've left out, Bobby, since you were the most
3: optimistic after the deals that we should include before the chop He's, traction. The, the only thing that he was really hardline on was he said nothing. It wasn't like it was a bad trade. His just his opinion was that he said nothing that was done moves you any closer to a championship. Right. right. Get well, on the fan cam, you because that's the well. RJ smirk. The Bobby <laughs> smirk. There's the RJ yeah. smirk.
2: Now, honestly. Honestly, yes. When you wrote what you wrote last yeah. night, did you think everything that we're bringing up right now was that in your mind whatsoever, or like we're hitting you with all new information, like tying it back to the Super Bowl opinion? I had
5: nothing. It had nothing <laughs> to do with the Super Bowl. But I, I had. I don't remember. I don't even remember. that.
2: Zero. No. Nothing. For real. Nothing. Nothing at all. You weren't like, okay, I'm taking back what I said, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a different opinion from the Super Bowl. Like you just gave this observation how I felt in the moment by itself. How I felt in the moment. Okay.
5: Because I was looking at some. You know some stats and stuff, and who are the who is the only team in the NBA that has two players in the top thirteen of player efficiency rating? The Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> well, who's the only team in the West with three in the top forty? Supersonics.
2: The Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> yeah.
5: Only Indiana, who just ran up and down the floor, up and down the floor on the Mavericks yesterday. Only Indiana has three. Higher. They've got three in the top 33. The Mavs are top 37. Or whatever. Their offense is, obviously, it is tremendous. Kyrie is doing things that, he's a wizard. Like, he just is. Offensively, they're fantastic. Defensively, they've been much better since the trade, not yesterday, notwithstanding. Um, I do think that this team, and, and also, look, the West stinks. Let's be fair. It's jumbled. There is, I shouldn't say it stinks. There's not that one dominant team that, I, that everybody is scared of. This is not Denver from last year, where everybody knew going in they were going to run through it. Nobody trusts Minnesota. Nobody trusts Oklahoma City. No one's scared of either team in the postseason. I wonder what Denver's got in the playoffs. Last year, that was the first time they've ever done anything, literally anything in the playoffs. Are you scared of Golden State? Are you scared of the Lakers? No. Phoenix? No one's scared of Phoenix. So the way I look at it, the way this offense is humming, and the way the defense has played better, I mean, this is as good of a chance they've had to get make it through the West in a decade, easily, considering all the factors involved, how is this not the best chance they've had to make it through the Western Conference?
3: Okay. Strong. That's strong. It's a strong opinion. Very positive and strong. It is. And it's I'm it's generally not positive. It's, it's one that uh, I agree with. I agreed with it when we were at Super Bowl. Uh the, this exact opinion. I, I do think that Well oh, now yeah. you need to be a oh, little Oh, oh yeah, too. let's let, let's go. Let, no, listen, let's, let's call could, into question my Kyrie, let's let's pull my receipts. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm ready for could, my receipts. Kyrie could derail this entire thing tomorrow. That could happen at any moment.
0: Well, like you, like, yeah, like Kyrie
3: Kyrie is like um uh, like a couple of years ago when I when I had my Nissan Sentra and I was driving that thing around and I had taken it to the mechanic because the check engine light came on, and they told me they were like Yeah, we don't know. Something about this engine, man. Uh, You could drive this car for 150,000 more miles or you could drive it for 150 more miles. We don't know when it's going to die. That is is the Kyrie Irving experience. Like, this could go great for another five years. It could blow up in five days, and both of them would be equally expected.
2: But where I would uh, also like to hold you accountable and accurate, I'm not going to let you get away with acting like you saw this coming and that you loved it. To that degree, you really liked it. I did, but but I think we can all agree. Do we? Do we believe and think? All right, this team can do what now as a ceiling?
3: Uh, I mean, it, it is hasn't, this team a contender to win the West? It's, is are they a threat? Are they a contender? Are possible but unlikely? Okay. And that, Which is what I thought the day they made it. it when, when they made the trade, I didn't think it was possible. Right. I had shifted to now it's possible, even though it's unlikely. What's likely is. No, they, no you thought it was possible to win a first round series. No. Not Again, win the if West. We, if we want to pull the audio, what I, I had said was. Yeah, we can. They are likely, I said that they are, are definitely closer to winning a, a series now. And then I said, I put them at a three on the to win the West scale. Okay. That was what I gave them a three ranking on. And I said, but before they were a zero. So this being a three is positive movement towards that direction. And you got to remember, we're doing this right now, or or this is a discussion we're having right now, and P.J. Washington is in a slump. Yep, Like he hasn't even clicked yet. Derek Lively is still working his way back in. Derek Lively played 14 minutes last night. Their defense is much better when Derek Lively's on the floor. They still have this problem of Tim Hardaway Jr. touching a basketball and being on the court at any point. As soon as that gets rectified, they're going to be in an even better spot. So I still think there's ceiling to achieve here. Progress to be made, and it's something where they're they're not a probable contender, but they're a possible contender in the West. It's it's possible for them to make a run. Biggest impact of these deals being depth and
2: size, depth, defense, depth, and size. Sure.
5: Well, they always have a they always have a big on the floor, or the, the you know, assuming there's no foul trouble or injuries, they always have a chance to have a big on the floor I mean, with Gafford and, and Lively.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest benefit for them is just the fact that they got size, they got rebounding, they got better defensively. That's what they needed because offensively, they've been good. And, and when Luke and Kyrie are playing together, like we've seen, they play well offensively. It's something that's sustainable. And the biggest benefit has been you've taken Dwight Powell off the floor. Dwight Powell has not played more <laughs> than seven minutes and 55 seconds in a single game since the trade. And this is a guy that you were consistently having to throw out there for sometimes 30 minutes a night. That's bad. Was it Zach Lowe
2: that was talking about how good they were offensively? Zach Lowe mm-hmm. did,
3: yeah. He included them in his article uh, yesterday. He was just doing kind of a rundown of thoughts around the NBA, and one of his notes was Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are finding new ways to amplify each other. So he said the Mavericks have won seven straight and are undefeated since remaking their team in the P.J. Washington-Daniel Gaffer deals at the deadline. But he says that basically what you're looking at here with the Mavericks is that... With Kyrie and Luka finally healthy at the same time and playing together, you're starting to see just how scary the Mavs offense can be. He says if the Mavs have, if the Mavs defend at least a league average level, they can do real damage in the playoffs. This offense is scary. He said the Mavs are borderline unguardable when they find creative ways to put Donchich and Irving together at center stage. The Thunder have Jalen Williams, and he like has a play here where he shows like the Thunder are doing everything right, and they still can't stop the Mavericks. He has like a little video clip here, but he says the Mavericks have scored 121 points per 100 possessions with Doncic and Irving on the floor, about equivalent to Boston's top-ranked offense. I'd bet on that number going up as Irving and Doncic deepen their chemistry. So. Zach Lowe is really bullish on that. That's the good one, right? The yes, bullish? Yes. Uh, yeah. Mark market, Stock just market opened. up here. Yeah, bullish. Oh, uh, they're, it is? They're, they're very yeah. bullish. He's, Zach Lowe is very bullish on the Mavericks offense and basically says that, look, if they can get just average defense, they are going to be really difficult. To stop in the playoffs. The problem is getting average defense consistently.
2: 877-881-1053 is the truckwork.com text line for all your Mavs thoughts. They get worked by the Indiana Pacers in the fourth quarter yesterday, and they'll look to rebound against uh Dak Prescott and the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow, according to Mike Basick. Dak Donovan Mitchell. Mm. Well, that was a really interesting comparison. Yeah. Speaking of football. Good job, Bobby. I like your discipline, not getting drawn off sides.
3: Great. Do we need <laughs> I have already been drawn off sides by one NBA comparison to Dak this morning. So
2: yeah, that's right, Tim Hardaway, according to Sandler. Do we uh do we need to give some flowers to Peter King, who's writing his final
3: Monday morning quarterback column today I, and stepping away? I saw that. That was uh look, he is I loved the column. It was it was the it was the most reliably interesting NFL column over the last twenty years. It is fantastic. There were always really good notes in there. I'm always, whenever I watch him, like, he's got to have a ghost writer, right? Like, how do you churn out this much that you're writing in one sitting based off the other? And it's always included in there, like, him talking to somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, I talked to Aaron Rodgers after the game. I texted with, uh, you know, Tom Brady in the immediate aftermath. He's always got these little notes from almost every game of somebody he talked to. The dude is a, an absolute content machine, and it's it's one of the articles that you could easily jump to after every Sunday and go, okay, what's a cool note we can have here?
2: Did the Cowboys get their big off season win over this past weekend? That's next, and below the belt right here on Sean and RJ.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: The great Bobby Belt. You
6: ruined the morning show.
3: Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no. my belt. We're not- How full are my ears? I'll let Sean Sharif tell you about it here in just one second. <laughs> First, Below the Belt is brought to you by Johnson Fitness and Wellness Home Fitness Equipment Stores. Be sure to check them out. We appreciate them sponsoring the segment every day at 840. What's up, Sean? So in the commercial break, Peyton, he's like, "Oh
2: my ear, my ears are so." We've had uh, what have we had complaints of foggy, so far? Foggy eyes, uh,
3: foggy brain, yeah, foggy neck body. Uh, what was the pain. thing that you
2: thought you were having yesterday?
3: Uh, a tumor pressing on my neck. Tumor, yeah.
2: and then like right before we came back on the air, he goes, "Oh, my ears are so full." <laughs> my, ears. <laughs> <laughs> <Earwax>. <laughs> my ears are so full, and I was like, yeah. "You are a." P word, yeah. and he, and then he, you know, what he came back at me yeah. with? He goes, "Yeah, but I won't be calling out tomorrow like some people in here."
5: Whoa! Whoa. Shots fired.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yep. you know, you
5: could, because you know, I had this, I have, I've had this a couple times. I'll get like my ears will get really, really full because of the headphones, so I have to get them cleaned out. One it, time, I had to get your chunk. ears cleaned out. Yeah, they like shoot like water in there, like pressure wash your ears. I had a chunk. Of uh looked like a chunk of chewing gum. It was earwax with grass
2: and <laughs> everything in there. Like
5: everything that just flies in your ears. Spiders, who knows?
3: Boy. Everything. I feel I, I feel bad for Byron or or whoever at Tarleton State had to, to clean out the earbuds they gave me that I had to jam into my eardrums. Oh man. Those were Amanda's still scarred. Man, you could have lit a candle. Over the
2: <laughs> over the earbuds <laughs> that you gave her, which she absolutely loves, but Man, he gave these earbuds out of his ears, yeah. and they they look worn and torn. Yeah, they look like I mean, they've they been
3: through it. Little brown, little yeah. oh, not <laughs> a lot brown. You use Q-tips Ooh. ever? Yeah, See, I've actually driven one into my eardrum before. I just I produce a lot of wax. What do you want from me?
2: See, that's why Ryan said you were the uh, the dirtiest one. No, I
3: keep up on it though.
2: I, I clean Did it. Did you hear him? By the way, before you came in today, he said him and Sarah went. Yes, disgusting. Jim. Pool, neither showered, and I was shocked that no, no, no. Sarah did that. We we, we not we oh, Baseball? Base,
5: we had baseball all day yesterday. Baseball. And then pool. we got home. We are like, it was late. We just wanted to go. We wanted to like just relax. So we jumped right in the pool, yeah. 60 degrees. Yeah, Got a good little freeze going. Yeah, I mean, no no, no bacteria can survive in that kind of cold. <laughs> so it froze off. And then we just, now we're both going to the gym. She's at the gym, or she was already at the gym this morning. I'll go after her. Showers, of course, then.
2: Ryan, thumbs up or thumbs down for the swimming pool being a bath?
5: Thumbs down. Thank yeah. you. No, you know what? He doesn't. The amount chlorine of chlorine. Chlorine does not, does not cure everything. The amount of chlorine that I put in that pool, my skin barely survives it. Okay? <laughs> I'm at least three layers of skin off. Is that what happened to Pudge? Pudge's uh, been in the pool too much. He's scared the off the pool. pads. He's of the pool. <laughs> Wendy Williams. God,
2: <Gosh, laughs> another Wendy
3: Williams reference. Has animals- did
2: anyone on the fan text say that they watched Wendy Williams documentary?
3: I the did weekend? not see anybody say that they watched it. She looks. She does not look. No, she. Has, she. It's bad. It's no, sad. You, you can tell. Like it, it, she does not look. It really, really is. Yeah, sad. she's she's not looking good. Yeah. Uh, and so. What are you uh, doing? Yeah, check that out. Uh, where's it at again? It's on what, what I think platform? think it's Lifetime. Lifetime, okay. The NFL salary cap. What a transition. The NFL salary cap is up over $30 million to $255.5 million essentially per team. This is above what even the most like liberal estimates from teams were. Like, like teams that had the the most rosy projections on how much money they'd have to spend, even they have a couple extra million now because this went way up. The highest projections, I believe, were 252. So being up to 255 and a half. That's significant. Cowboys now are just $8 million over the cap. We were sitting here trying to figure out, okay, how do you maneuver things and create $20 million in cap space? And now it's just eight is all that you need. And you can get that by doing a couple different things. You can post June one, Michael Gallup. That'll free up all the money that you need. You can give CeeDee Lamb an extension. You can you know, flip this switch over here. You can restructure digs. You can restructure steel. You can give Dak Prescott an extension, which you absolutely should do. And that oh. creates all of this money. The problem here, obviously, is now this creates an exorbitant amount of money for several other teams, including the Commanders, who are like eighty million for Dan Quinn to spend. Now the Seahawks, the Titans,
2: eighty-seven million for the Commanders, most in the league if over the cap is right. Patriots, eighty-three million, and RJ Chicago Bears at eighty. Wow, that's a lot. You get the first pick, you get the
5: ninth pick, you get eighty-something million in cap room. That's whatever you get when you trade your quarterback. Whatever you get when you trade your quarterback, absolutely. Fourth, um, fourth round pick. So now I'm an I'm an idiot, so like help me out here. So Dak, oh they owe Dak.
2: It's 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 gonna cost sixty million. By the way, Dan Graziano was asked overreaction, underreaction on ESPN this morning, and it was for Dak getting a sixty million dollar deal. He said overreaction. Overreaction. Now, not that Dan Graziano actually like, breaks or reports anything, but <laughs> no, that's was, what he said. I was firing shots at that little guy for no I reason. Mean, I don't think he's a, rep- he's like really the him Brouss- a reporter. He's like Chris Broussard. He was though.
3: Yeah, he was. He's, no, like he's, Chris, list- he, he's, he's like
2: the Chris Broussard of the NFL. He
3: is listed. No, his title there is NFL Insider. That is his title at ESPN. Uh,
2: yeah, I would
5: say Insider. I, I, I don't know. I think reporter and insider are different. Maybe I'm wrong. You are. Um, <laughs> like I consider shepherd, well, a reporter. You know like I
2: mean? if he goes to the sideline to like of a story that's happening, is he covering the story or is he supposed to be giving rumors like Jeremy Fowler? Jeremy Fowler. Uh, Garofalo, they're insiders. Schefter. Um, Schefter's an insider. Uh Jane Slater's a reporter, I think, first and foremost. A reporter yeah. with Jane. So
5: whatever. All right, so but my question here is if if they owe Dak sixty million against the cap next year and the cap goes up thirty million, does that mean it's only the equivalent of a thirty million dollar cap hit? Now I know it's still sixty, but like if you take you know what I mean? Like the the increase in the cap basically reduces
3: no, 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 because they – they like, what it does is it changes it for maybe – because percentage of the cap is what matters. So it may take it from oh, being, okay. in effect, oh, we were expecting that thing to hit as $60 million. It may hit more like 55 to them or something gotcha. like that. But okay. it's still going to be – they project out. They've got – I mean, like, every team basically has Excel spreadsheets where they project out for five years or whatever – what they they believe the cap is going to be, what they have on the books, and how they look at it. So they, they projected, as the ESPN article talks about where they mentioned, they said most teams were projecting like 240 to 245 on the cap. So to get 255, that's more money than they thought, and that's more than they were anticipating. But also, you know, those same sort of projections when COVID hits and the cap actually went down, that's something that, they weren't anticipating. They didn't budget for that, and then they had to flip switches and make different moves. So this is not the first time they've been kind of caught off guard. It's just they've been caught off guard in a good way. This is something that, you know, potentially helps them. Uh, Jory Epstein over at Yahoo had written about how this could potentially affect different players. It says franchise tags could be used more liberally this year now. Teams may mm-hmm. be feeling like, oh, okay, we, we've got a little bit of got extra got money. T. Higgins from the Bengals just got tagged. The idea being that it may not cause them to tag somebody they weren't going to tag, But if a team was wavering, like you remember when Dallas was 50-50 on Schultz and we couldn't figure out if they were going to tag Schultz or not, this would make it so that if a team's kind of on the fence about somebody, they'll lean towards, all right, let's just tag them. We've got extra money that we weren't anticipating. Let's go ahead and do it. What's interesting is it talks about, uh, Jory writes, then comes the NFL's so-called middle class. An NFC executive projected that an increasing number of Tier 2 and Tier 3 free agent players and their agents will misjudge the markets of what they can command. And that through that process, because I think there's more money to spend, we can collect more of it, that they'll start asking for things that teams are not willing to pay and that they are going to potentially sit out longer into, you know, maybe we're looking at July, August, some of the MLB spring training stuff that we've talked about where you have guys like Bellinger that don't sign till late. Or, you know, when even on the smaller scale, when we've talked about guys like Robbie Grossman or Brandon Belt or some of these other guys that haven't been able to get deals that the NFL could be looking at the same sort of thing. But ultimately, does this help Dallas from a standpoint of being able to spend more? I don't think so necessarily because obviously everybody else gets the same benefit, the same sort of bump. It just changed the market. What it does is it causes you to have to flip fewer switches. It allows your books, you're able to let you know, other things right out. And if you're genuinely going to let Dak's contract ride, if you were genuinely talking about doing that, it makes it easier to accept that as reality.
2: Will this be their Mark Cuban-like excuse now and cover up? We were going to go all in. But then, the, you know, the salary cap, like, they gave everyone more money to spend. It made it tougher. It made it more difficult. We were going to go all in. That was our plan at the Senior Bowl, and now we got to change it at the
3: Combine in Indianapolis. I mean, what? They usually have some excuse built in, period. Like, like if they didn't raise it, that would have been the excuse. Ah, we, we had projected more. We thought we were going to get more money than we did, and it, it, it kind of tied our hands a little bit. We we wanted to spend that money. We just didn't have it available to us. There are only, only so many switches that we can flip. Like, you can't well, say— they really-
2: We really don't really have to have excuses ready because they basically tell us we're not doing anything every year.
3: But this Uh, year they told us they will. No, they 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 didn't. No, they said they're going to go all in. We don't know what that means. Don't better call chop me on this one. Don't lawyer me here.
5: That's what they do. (laughs) When they say something very uh, vague, it leaves it up to us to decide what that means, and then they're just going to tell us that we're wrong in the end. Or that, hey, we re-signed Dak,
2: CD, and Micah. What else do you want us to do? That's all in? Yeah, that's not all in to anyone else's brain. But they, you're right. They may
3: use that as the excuse.
2: They they fully believe signing their own free agents
3: is well, then, no
5: different than signing outside free then agents.
3: Then that means they have gone all in every year. They have. And, and in reality, Jerry, the way he talked about it was this it's is something a different, different. approach. Yeah. This is a different approach than we've done in the past. The different approach is going to be not not
5: giving an extension of Dak. No. Okay, well that would be different. That it would definitely
3: would but that I don't think that people would consider that all in. <laughs> that would no. be just a different approach. We're all
5: in on just this year. <laughs> just this year.
3: Maybe that's what it is. Look, I look I, I was talking to somebody last week well, who is convinced. Not somebody in Dallas, somebody outside the organization who's convinced they're like, This is this is it this year. Like if it does not go well, they are blowing this thing up in ten months. That if it doesn't well, that go person right, that,
2: is uh foolish. They may blow it up with a new head it's coach. Who, it's, it's not going to be with a win now
3: mentality. I think it's somebody who. Well, they're it, wrong. It, it ca- okay. Well, I'll tell you this. It carried weight to me who said it. Okay. That I was like, okay, this is somebody who's generally been right about. So their I'll line ask of you things. just like all mm-hmm. in.
2: Define blow blow it up. What does that mean? Uh, that, new that new it would just coach, be, new quarterback. Yeah,
3: reset. Okay. That basically because this is like I mean this is somebody else who was part of that group that I talked to that was like they're gonna let go of Amari they're gonna move on from Amari they're gonna do that like this somebody who's got experience with their line of thinking if they say if it doesn't work out this year okay if they don't progress any further than they have it's getting blown up but do you think that that would mean like
2: you know what, what I'm trying to get at is Jerry's not gonna I don't think draft a rookie quarterback to replace Dak to wait for that like you go and make a move, like a win now move. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a you can. I guess you can do both. You can you can blow it up and still try to contend. Mm-hmm. Like you blow out. Let's not say blow up. You blow out McCarthy and Dak. You get a new head coach, which could still be a win now move. And then it depends yeah. what you do a quarter. The NFL.
5: I mean, the NFL. I mean, you could, you contend just about every year. So in this So
2: would this same person also believe they don't give Dak his extension now? Um. Because how else are you going to blow it
5: up? No, because
3: I think you can you can move on. It, it, however you want to structure it, you can structure things to be able to move on after this year. It's just you'd have to do it with Dak willing to play ball, which I think Dak would be willing to play ball if you were wanting to just detonate things. But that's why this is a critical year. It, it's it's. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned this with Glazer. We had asked Glazer, like, are Dak and McCarthy tied together? In the eyes of the Jones, are they tied together? And I've always felt like Dak's... Longevity here was higher than McCarthy's, but I mean, Jay Glazer told us. He said he thinks they're tied together, that that how, if they rise and fall, it's going to be together.
2: Below the belt from our Cowboys insider, Roberto, here on Sean and RJ. We got a little Monday college football kegger. Oh, oh man. Oh, baby. RJ Choppy says that a local team needs to be the favorite to win the national championship and can you bully someone with peanuts these days final hour monday edition right after this
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds